0: Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is Monday, April fourth, twelve twenty-two p.m. on twelve twenty-two. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, twenty twenty-two. God, like, I messed that up. Um, I don't really know what I want to talk about today, but it's a really nice day outside, so I'm just gonna talk, and we're gonna see what what comes out. <laughs> So um this weekend, you know, real chill weekend. I wanted to I wanna do a lot of stuff. I wanted to get back with this project uh, I mentioned before, Solar Punk Project and start my next story or start refining this story for a future kind of um submission. But I was like, you know what, I need to relax cause this is my problem. <laughs> Sometimes I just I just go, go, go and then i get burned out and don't even realize that i'm burned out or you know and then start feeling demotivated and all this other stuff so you know i'm trying to learn how to pace myself more so this weekend um just spent time with my so my partner and um we talked about the uh storyverse stuff um which was some cool stuff we we were watching a lot of um youtube videos from this channel called curious archive it's a really fantastic um channel where they essentially archive all sorts of xenobiology um that are various artists and world builders and things like that have created um and they I, I just love that channel they often really explore truly alien designs truly alien you know life forms and um build entire worlds out of them and so on and so forth so It was really inspiring and motivating to you know see that stuff so um i got a lot of great inspiration from that and then what else did we do watched a few shows and movies there is this uh one movie that was really terrible (laughs) but we have a (laughs) have a little habit of watching bad movies together and critiquing them and stuff like that um it's it's Or just just complaining about them, it's just fun. (laughs) Um, so the bad movie we watched was uh um what do you call it? Moonfall. Oh my gosh, that movie was so freaking terrible. Actually I might talk more about this movie because there's some interesting ideas, don't get me wrong, but gosh. Um so I'll I'll come back to that. Um what else do we do? Watch watch some DC movies. Once again the DC animated movies um are so good. Or at least they're pretty most of them are pretty decent, right? Um we try to watch Superman Red Sun, that one was ugh it was just ugh. That was not good. <laughs> um the main reason why is because like the the thesis here is like what if Superman um uh was was born was raised rather in Russia, like what if he landed in um Soviet Soviet Union Russia? And <laughs> It was a really interesting idea, I think, but for some reason, it just became like the few first few minutes of it was really inconsistent in terms of like he was raised in Russia, but for some reason he has like these values that's a very like self-righteous, you know, kind of value system, <laughs> um, and which kind of sort of makes sense if you're raised by some farmers in America, but not necessarily for Russia, you know. Like for instance, um, he didn't know what, what what they were go, what they were doing with the gulags and things like that, and I'm just like, if it feels raised in the con. That's what people don't understand about like morals, <laughs> right? Is that oftentimes a lot of these moral systems are based on the context in which you live, right? So many people, sure, some people, even in Russia, would be like, oh yeah, obviously gulags are bad. But for people raised, especially for some somebody like Superman, who would, who I'm sure they would know, have has all these powers, right? He would be raised in that power system, in that power structure, and that's the whole problem of, of like people of power today is that they are raised in such a structure in which they truly believe that what they're doing is right, right? <laughs> they do these things because they truly believe, you know, that they, you know, they have what it takes, or you know, they're doing what's necessary or, you know, all this other stuff, right? Um, granted, there are some psychopaths in there. There are some people who just want to get over or whatever. But a lot of them are just self-righteous. Or, um, what I mean self-righteous as in, you know, their own particular cause. But for some reason, in this Red Sun movie, you know, Superman was self-righteous in terms of, mm-hmm. like, almost like American values or, or things like that. Um it just it just didn't feel like it worked very well. And they also had like everybody speaking English with the Russian accent even in Russia. So I'm just like, "Huh? Did they? I don't think they do that, right?" <laughs> like, make them speak Russian, we can read subtitles. Like it's not this is this is just weird. Um and then what made it worse was that this was in the middle of the 1950s or something like that and and for some reason you can already tell the minute he saw lois lane oh he was gonna you know fall in love with lois lane for some reason um but she was like oh look into what they're doing with this the 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 gulags and things like that right and at the same time (laughs) she's over here talking about what the russians are doing but completely none of them neither of them for some reason don't bring up like this is the worst time to be casting stones for America, because during that time, right, they were literally over here lynching black people left and right. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is the moment, this is the time period where the civil rights really got off, and they were doing horrible stuff to a lot of black folks and other people around the world, right? They were <laughs> using the war, uh, World War II, and things, and, and just afterwards, the CIA was doing absolutely horrendous stuff. To many different countries, especially of people of color around the world at that time, so it was really weird for me to, <laughs> to see them like, oh yeah, look, let's let's uh, show how bad the Russians are, but yet none of them, neither of them, you know, <laughs> talking about America's skeletons. So I don't know. It the whole movie just felt really um, one-sided and and just just not very nuanced or anything like that. And the reason I'm complaining about this, or I don't know, complaining, but the reason I'm talking about this is because again, a lot of these DC movies are actually pretty good, right? A lot of them are fairly contextual, they don't take themselves too seriously. Um, at the same time as you know, their nuance and things like that. So for instance the immediately I think before that, right, we saw the uh DC movie. What was it? Um I forgot what it was called, but was it Fatal Five? No, I don't know. I forgot what it was called, but it was like, what if Superman um, had Zod's, uh, General Zod's DNA? (laughs) And that one was good. That was a good one, right? So, what was so great about this movie is that in the beginning, it was already off to a bad start. Like, it was kind of uh, (laughs) bad as in, like, The shit just hit the fan, like, in the beginning. So, (laughs) they start off with the planet, you know, Krypton about to explode. And, um, his, his, uh, Superman's birth parents, I forget their names, were trying to get him out of there, you know, in that little ship. And, (laughs) I don't know exactly what they were doing, but, in this one, it was kind of weird. I guess this, this one was, like, a little bit forced, I think. But, essentially what they did is, he wasn't born yet. They were... Combining their DNA, they were going to use some sort of technology so that he would be born in fetus or like in vitro rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be like born as he's traveling, right? So he wasn't actually born from his mother, but they, they're they going to combine his mother and his father's DNA. And just about when they were going to put the father's DNA, General Zod came in and you know smacked him about. It was like, oh no, now I'm gonna be <laughs> uh, my gene, my genetics are gonna, you know, um. Continue the line because you know I was gonna be right if it wasn't for you all stopping me, right? <laughs> Even though he was they were pointing out that he's the one that caused all this, uh, this, these problems. So he ended up putting his his DNA mixed with uh, the mother's instead of you know the actual father. And so, um, when the comet was sent off, um, it landed and you know it was Superman, but with. Zod's DNA in there, so he ended up looking completely different and he was uh, raised for some reason they had him raised by by um, some escaped Mexicans like Mexicans crossing the border I should say um, immigrants um, and that was kind of weird because they didn't actually touch on this point like they completely just skipped that part <laughs> they would just say oh yeah he was raised by immigrants like they They found him. Um, The army was looking for him. Lex Luthor was like in the army at the time or the military or whatever. And they were trying to see what, you know, what fell. they, they commandeered the ship. um, But they didn't find Superman. They didn't find the baby. But these, Mm -hmm. these immigrants did. So you... You kind of have this idea that he's gonna be raised by them, but they completely skip through his entire childhood. So you don't get any of that context for how he was raised, and they don't bring it back up again until like later for some one or two points. That part, I I feel like they should have, you know, focused on his childhood a little bit more to show what he's been through. Um, Furthermore, he, again, he doesn't have an accent, he doesn't speak Spanish, like, he only speaks Spanish like once or twice throughout the entire movie, which I find also annoying, but what they did, like, you can clearly see the difference in his demeanor and his personality and things like that, like, (laughs) it was really, um, kind of weird in some way, but this entire universe is kind of different because, (laughs) uh, the next scene, you know, after they skip through his childhood is just them killing people. (laughs) The Justice League you know, which is just three people at this point, just Superman, um, Batman, who's a freaking vampire for some reason. (laughs) He's an actual vampire. He just goes sucking people's blood. And then Wonder Woman, um, who is like an alien or like a super dimensional, you know, god or something like that. They tell her backstory a little bit later. But she's a redhead, so, and she looks completely different, you know, than, the. uh, Wonder Woman, we're familiar with, but uh, yeah, it was just really different, and they were just killing people off the bat, and <laughs> and um, you just got this feeling that okay, this this is a completely different you know space here. Um, but the reason why I say this is good is because they don't like assume that these people are gonna be the same, right? They have a completely different background, different genetics, you know, different kind of. Context, And so they end up differently. They're still good, uh, somewhat good people, right? Uh, but you can see in this one, Superman has like this, he's kind of fighting this um, mentality of, oh, do I want to take over the world <laughs> or not, right? Um, which I found pretty interesting. Um, but granted, now that I'm seeing back in this, I do think maybe the problem here is that The creators probably do have a bias towards genetics, right? They have a bias towards thinking that, oh, if you have, you know, the genetics of somebody like Zod, then you will behave more like him. But he also has the genetics of his mom, so he's not all the way there, right? I think that's probably the problem here with these these particular set of movies, is that they're assuming that genetics plays a huge factor in one's personality, right? And I think that is really problematic. Because I'm not sure if there's any evidence that personality really comes from genetics. Maybe it predisposes you towards certain types of, you know, um, personality types, maybe. But the context in which you were raised plays a much larger, you know, percentage. Specifically your childhood, right? That plays a huge, um, a much bigger kind of percentage into, or much bigger role into, you know, how how you end up in terms of your personality. So I think if they should have they really should have you know touched on these their childhood um um upbringing to uh speak more into that part. Um but yeah, I find that really interesting because in today's time, right? And over the past couple of week or so, past couple of days, I've been listening to podcasts talking about how um the whole the whole, what do you call it, bell, bell hook, not bell hook, goodness, um, it's a completely different thing, the bell theorem, I forget, I am going know why I'm forgetting the exact name of the book, but the thing about intelligence, about IQ, right, <laughs> um, a lot of that is tied to the, um, what do you call those people, goodness, I'm losing my words today, but the people who believe in, you know, this kind of superior gen- genetics type of thing. They want to basically kill off everybody who doesn't have the superior, quote-unquote, superior genetics. Um, these folks. So a lot of the IQ things are tied very closely <laughs> with those folks. Um, and I... If, so in my mind, you know, have the, I have these, like, connections kind of drawing between these DC animated movies and, you know, that mentality of how the importance of genetics... Um, I'm not saying there's any actual correlation here. It's just me like this is just how I think, right? I see different things that are completely disconnected and I like draw forth insights and things like that. Because I feel like a lot of the you know, a lot of creativity and a lot of ideas comes from things that are kind of that are seemingly disconnected, right? And so viewing these DC animated movies has me thinking about how people perceive things right how people perceive things like genetics things like personality things like good and bad and things like that right and I think this is an interesting thing I guess this goes into like the whole media kind of like media interpretation kind of field but I find it very interesting because a lot of people do kind of assume that genetics plays a huge role into one's you know overall disposition and because of that assumption, right, we, we tend to do a lot of stupid shit, to <laughs> be honest with you. All right, we, we tend to um, play into a lot of these really problematic ideas, right? Like the idea of race, for instance. A lot of that comes from this assumption that one's genetics, right, Um not even direct genetics at this point, but like <laughs> phenotype, <laughs> which is just a small part of one's genetics. But one's genetics plays into your overall culture and ideas and this, that, and the other, right? Um, but this is a very problematic, you know, kind of mentality here, right? And you, you can see this too, not just in DC movies, but in almost every type of fiction. You kind of see this where people assume that oh if you have these genetics then you're going to be this type of person but <laughs> a lot of these movies and literature and things like that don't often explore enough how one's context how one's environment one's you know upraising and things like that um, actually determines far more right like I have many of the same genetics as my you know biological father for instance um, But we ended up very, very differently, right? Um, My grandparents on his side can see, you know, some things that are similar, like we look similar in some ways, and they can see, you know, might have some some habits, like our physical um, upkeeping, I guess, you know, physical kind of look. But beyond that, like it's it's extremely different. And I'd wager that's the same for a lot of people. I wager that many of the similarities people have with their parents is actually due to the fact that they were raised by their parents as opposed to, you know, just their, that they have their genetics. And you can, you know, see the same thing with, you know, adoption. People who are adopted or people who, like myself, have you know are raised with different folks than they were um, born to. You know, stuff like that, at least for one or two parents, right? And I think we really need to explore that more, right? Because this idea of race, this idea of um, different cultures being inherently bad or inherently good, right? Is extremely problematic. And uh, this is why it's so important to just be more critical of one's assumptions about life. One's assumptions about how the world works, but anyways, another interesting point to these DC animated movies is that they tend to be more um, relevant—or not relevant. Um, I mean, yes, relevant too, but um, more relative, right, and more contextual, more nuanced. And what I mean by that is that they don't usually have, or they don't always have, good guys that are. Quote, unquote, always good guys and bad guys that are always bad guys um, don't get me wrong they do have that a fair amount of the times um but it's not as bad as as the real life movies as the snyder verse and things like that right because the snyder verse um even though he claims i think what's what's funny is that snyder kind of claims that he wants to make um some of these heroes more realistic and like oh they're not always going to be perfect and things like that but his depiction of them really just makes it seem like that's exactly what he wants them to be like he wants them to seem like they're perfect but because they're so perfect they're you know they kind of chafe against you know reality a bit right (laughs) um against the mortals if you will um like you can see that with his depictions of batman um, which people don't like but in these DC anim- in these DC animated movies you can see clearly right that Batman for instance he's extremely talented but he's not that you know all consuming right he gets beat up <laughs> a lot um even though he's supposed to be super smart he d- makes stupid mistakes um he kind of has this stoic kind of mentality um or seems so but then he turns around and you can see like how emotional he is at at certain points um and you know the anime movies just explores these different sides of these characters a little bit more, and I think that's very very much lacking in a, the Snyderverse and many of these other kind of real life movies, but yeah, um, that was just a couple of my ideas there. I was just just flowing with that. Getting back to um, the the Moonshot movie, or Moonfall movie, sorry. So Moonfall is a movie about how. Oh goodness, where? I'm not even going to try to recount recount the the whole the actual plot because it's not that good. <laughs> the idea behind it is pretty interesting. It's, I'm going to tell it out of order, so if you don't want spoilers or whatever, just I guess stop listening at this point or um, things like that. I saw a little. Kitty jumped the creek It was so cute Sorry <laughs> um, But yeah um, If you actually want to watch Moonfall For some reason You know Then I guess this is Goodbye <laughs> But for everybody else uh, Moonfall is a movie In which kind of Supposes What if What if the uh, the moon Is a megastructure Right What if the moon is a megastructure Which means it's a giant Artificial Thing that people, some or some intelligent, you know, being created or beings created, right, for some reason. And again, I'm gonna cut right to the end here, <laughs> right to the spoiler um, part here. But in the movie, they find out that the moon was created by a was indeed a, a megastructure, and it was created by, get this another race of human beings that's right humans billions of years ago who before were were all over the universe or all over the galaxy at least super advanced and they created artificial intelligence and then guess what The the artificial intelligence rebelled oh and they rebelled against the humans, killed everybody, or tried to kill everybody, and the humans, you know, created this, this, or tried to create a bunch of megastructures to hide away from them, to escape, um, but they killed all of them, and only one of them, you know, was able to be completed, which was the moon, and that's where we got the moon from. Oh. <laughs> so as you can hear from my voice, I was very much um, kind of annoyed by this. Um, it goes kind of the Prometheus way here of <laughs> explaining the origins of humans and intelligence and things like that. Um, and what frustrates me so much about this movie is that it had so much potential in, in this in this idea. Now, it didn't have much potential in terms of the acting or the actual plot or the director, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about the director stuff. I don't know who that is, but I don't really look into that. But, like, the, the shots you see. know a lot of this stuff I mean there there are some good shots don't get me wrong but for the most part it's just like what the hell is going on like whoever wrote and and directed this just was just all over the place but the idea here right is very interesting for a sci-fi thing right this is something that is not usually talked about enough like how cool would it be to have sci-fi that features these mega structures so this one specifically features a Dyson sphere so for those that don't know a Dyson sphere is a mega structure is a you know giant artificial um, artificially created uh, structure you know building or whatever you want to call it that encapsulates a Sun that's why it encapsulates a star and uses that star to power the the, um, the Dyson sphere the technology um, around the system All right now what, what is so ridiculous about this there's a lot of things that's ridiculous but one of them that's really ridiculous is the fact that they made the moon a dyson sphere and they said there's a white dwarf star powering the moon and there are a lot of problems with this the main thing is that and I might I might be wrong about this maybe I'm wrong here <laughs> so i I'll go back I'll, I'll take that if I'm wrong but from what I understand like stars are extremely dense and Because they're so dense, they have a lot of um, gravity, right? So anything within that gravity well gets sucked into the star Or is forced to like kind of orbit the star, right? And the problem with putting... Like the whole idea of a Dyson sphere Is that you encapsulate a, a... Well, you don't even have to encapsulate a star fully You can just have rings around it, right? Um but the problem with using a white dwarf star is that it I don't think a white dwarf star is small, but I don't think it's that small. I don't think it's so small that it can fit inside of a moon, like our moon. Furthermore, it's like a white dwarf star is like a collapsed star um that turned it's it's like a um it's not quite a dead star, but <laughs> It's near the end of its life um, Or really, not really, because the white dwarf star Is going to last for a very, very long time um, But nonetheless, they're still a star, right? So they have a huge amount of gravity So I'm not sure I don't, I don't really think It would make sense for The moon to be a dwarf star Because if it was an actual star It would You can't really build a structure like the moon around it Right, it's not even just about materials. It's about like gravity itself. Right, They're like the 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 entire Earth would be orbiting around the Moon rather than the other way around. Furthermore, that would affect how our entire system revolves around, you know, our host star, our Sun. So, if anything, if they wanted to do something like this, they should have just put like, you know, a big a nuclear like. Pro, not really actual star, but you know, fake star, <laughs> or something like that, alright, but they specifically said many times, this is a white dwarf star and then on top of all that um for some reason they said the moon is hollow and stuff like that, and um, that there it's like an arc, which makes sense for a, once again, for a Dyson sphere, cause you, you can have a huge amount of space in there but like we can tell that the moon is hollow <laughs> all right um with our technologies and things like that so it kind of really gets you to think like that oh this should have been made in like 1950 or something like that rather than 2020 where, where we have so much data about the moon um already and then you know it goes into this whole like a, a huge part of the plot is because, oh, the, the military or the government didn't want us to know. Like, they, they knew this when the Apollo um, mission was up there. But, like, here's the, the the I really hate this idea of these conspiracy theories and, like, oh, the government kept quiet, right? They knew this whole time, but they kept quiet. It's cause the, this is the whole problem with conspiracy theories, right? Is that if you have, you know, all these people who are in on this from the moon mission, right? It's extremely difficult to keep that quiet. Right? And if this one dude Could figure it out Why wouldn't anybody else Be able to figure it out in like The 50, 60 years since this happened And why wouldn't like nobody else say these things Even though they had an astronaut Up there, like in the beginning of the movie Something came out of the moon And then Like killed an astronaut And and like destroyed half of their shit Like wrecked their shit basically (laughs) Right? Um and it turns out that the, the thing that was inside of the moon was like an, the AI that they were talking about in the beginning of the movie that existed billions of years ago. So this AI is still existing, right? And for some reason, it was there. And for some reason, it was programmed to look for, they said, um, biological life next to electronic systems. So first of all, the, the idea that you can have There's so many things wrong with this The idea that you can have a, a Species of humans right, Billions of years ago In the same galaxy Is so crazy Because again, we can only we, 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 we seem to think Or we have all this data that shows that The universe itself is only 14 billion years old And our planet is 4 billion years old And it's one of the earliest planets to develop all right. There might be other planets that have existed, you know, a, a billion or two, you know, years before or something like that in other parts of the galaxy. Um But it's very unlikely that another species would have risen <laughs> in that time. This this is one of the major kind of ideas behind, you know, our answers um behind the Fermi paradox is that maybe we're just super early. <laughs> Alright. Um so the idea that there was another A race of humans the exact same race that existed and guess what they they said that the reason why we're here is because they seeded our planet and many others with their dna or at least our planet because you know this one was the only successful one but again it goes into the problem here is that like just because you have something's dna doesn't mean they're going to turn out exactly the same and when they did the flashback these people were exactly the same and if i might add they were you know they showed, you know, a little a little white girl, a little... Or at least she she might have been, like, you know, kind of Latin American kind of looking. Um, but they spoke English. English, right? It wasn't no, some other language, and then they put subtitles. No, they spoke English. <laughs> all right? And they had very similar, you know, designs and aesthetics and all this other stuff to us. So I'm just like... This is my problem with a lot of these sci-fi is that they're not very imaginative. Like if you for another even if we had the exact same DNA, all right, it's highly unlikely that they would end up anywhere near the same, you know, kind of culture or language, especially not language, in a completely different planet, a completely different environment, you know, completely different settings and systems than the original um, ones developed. This is my problem with a lot of sci-fi today is that it's so unimaginative and it really... it's no wonder that a lot of people have problems imagining like a better future or a you know something that's a very different future, radical future, is because a lot of our fiction, especially sci-fi, you know, it, it just uses the exact same culture and ideas as we live in today. But with different aesthetics. With slightly different aesthetics. Um, given that. And that's really concerning to me. Again I know this wasn't like a. wasn't Probably wasn't ever going to be an Oscars level movie. Not that that really matters much. But it's still. <laughs> as a person who really loves sci-fi. And really loves you know imaginative ideas and thinking. I just think it's a huge waste. For our fiction to not be radical to not be more imaginative, more creative and things like that. And it's just very disturbing, very annoying. Um so yeah, you had this AI who was somehow programmed to only look for biological beings in a electronic environment, right? <laughs> so some for some reason it came after these folks while they were in space, I don't know what they were doing, I guess repairing a satellite or something. But at that point we would have a lot of space missions like this like this was set in like 2000 or the beginning of the show was set in like 2011 or something like that right so at that time not only do we have the ISS you know which is a whole bunch of humans at least like a dozen or so or half a dozen at least you know just in space you know in the electronic environment Um, But you also have all these space missions going back and forth and you have multiple space missions going to the moon right, what people don't realize is that we've been to the moon many times since you know the Apollo mission Most of those are international ones like like a lot of the Chinese have a lot of missions there Um, But even ours I think we had I'm not sure if America had many because you know funding and all this other stuff, but many other countries you know have had missions to the moon um, or in space so it's like, why would this creature, this this AI, who is, you know, trying to kill all the humans for some reason, like why wouldn't they come after us or come after anybody else in space or, you know, <laughs> they didn't explain any of that, right? Um, and then what's so bad is that they somehow, some way, this thing—I guess it was because it was eating the uh, star. The star system, the the uh, white dwarf star inside the moon, but it caused the moon to get off of its orbit and to begin crashing into the Earth. <laughs> this is real. This is real crazy shit right here. But this, it got so bad where the moon was literally touching the Earth. It was literally scraping the mountain tops off of the Earth. But of course, they saved the day, right? They they killed the then nan- the uh, nanobite, nanobot AI and then the computers um inside the um the controlling computers inside the system was able to uh fix and everything back and put the moon back in place right so, <laughs> but like the the moon was already touching the earth like the whole pro <laughs> goodness like there's just so many things wrong with this like if the moon got out of its orbit right to a point where it would be hitting the earth soon. Not only would it probably, they said this whole thing would take place in like three months. Not, not only would this probably take longer, much longer, but it would have completely destroyed the earth if it ever got that close, right? If it ever got close enough to touch our atmosphere, much less the earth itself, right? The gravity would have, like, of the earth would have pulled itself apart pulled itself apart. So the planet would have been destroyed at that point anyways. And you have this whole subplot where the military wanted to throw nukes at the moon in order to stop it. They wanted to throw nukes at the moon to stop it. Like, like, what? It was just... Uh, I know there's a whole bunch of other stupid stuff in here too, but that's what kills me about these movies. Like, You have an interesting kind of core idea. But then you put a bunch of bullshit in there. You have absolutely no scientific, you know, knowledge. And it just makes the whole thing seem absolutely ridiculous and and, um, a waste of time and money. Right? So I'm just like, golly. could this. Like, this could have been, like, a really cool idea. Right? And and then they had the gall to set up a sequel. Because... (laughs) As they were telling their backstory, it was like, oh, we built thousands of these. These megastructures, but only one was completed. And there's a whole bunch of these AI out there looking for us, right? So if they find us again, we're gone. And then at the end, one of the um, guys who, who figured out the moon was a megastructure, mega or the guy that figured out the moon was a megastructure, sacrificed himself to defeat the AI, and a computer inside the moon uploaded his consciousness to the moon, to the moon's like computer system so he was still existing and they were like we have a lot of work to do or something like that. or this is just the beginning (laughs) like i'm just like golly bro the gal here the the, the arrogance the 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 sheer i'm like god and it's what's so sad is that this really could be a really cool series right of these people you know exploring this space and looking at all these mega structures that and that a previous, you know, primeval, prim- 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 you know, alien species um, has created during this time. I guess you were probably one of the early ones, but maybe there was, you know, a couple of earlier alien species who were way more advanced. This is a lot of time, you know, in the space of four billion years. It doesn't even have to be like, like there could be a species that existed a billion years ago, just one billion years, or even just a million years ago. That's still a huge amount of time for them to develop to, to develop advanced, you know, technologies in space, right? So you could explore this. And you can have, like, this crazy, sci- cool sci-fi showing people all these um, crazy, awesome, megastructure ideas and, and, you know, space. Um, I don't really like space warfare, but you could show that, you know. Um, these different types of aliens and all this other stuff, these different ways of living and stuff like that. But no, they just chose the laziest, you know, vector of this, the laziest version of this and, um, you know, destroyed (laughs) any any idea or any kind of chance they had of making this this into something, you know, more interesting. So, yeah, like, it was a huge disappointment. Not only a disappointment, because I knew it was going to be bad from the trailer. I knew it was going to be bad, but it was... Disappointing for the ideas that they That they put forth, right? I didn't have any expectations But the ideas that they introduced within the movie You know, made me even more disappointed (laughs) Than I was Initially going in So, yeah man Um I I guess this is a, a call for Better movies and better ideas And better Um Stories, right? Better fiction We just need better fiction I mean we need a lot of things but we better fiction is one of the big things I think can can really make an outsized impact on how people think. Like people really underestimate the the impact of fiction in our in our culture. But as anybody that that has studied any sort of archaeology or not not even just just can just look around the world like stories play a huge role in how we think about ourselves and how we think about you know, change in society and things like that. So if we can, you know, have better fiction out there, that could play a huge role into people actually wanting and um calling for and and doing you know more radical change. So yeah, um that was my kinda tirade and and uh ramblings for the day. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening, thanks for watching. Let me know what your thoughts and uh ideas and whatnot. And uh, yeah, have a great day. See ya, bye-bye.